eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good Monday morning and welcome back to Breaking Boston. This is your makeshift host for the day. This is producer Coop at the helm. Uh, Andy and Fitzy, they're gearing up. They're getting ready for Patriots camp that kicks off this week. But right now, today's episode is not focused on the Patriots. You're hearing my voice. You're, you know that you're going to be talking some Sox. That's right. The Red Sox won their weekend series, a beautiful weekend series, despite Friday being the at, the aberration. I mean, it, it was flooded. It was straight. Fenway was flooding. Uh, I was there that day. It, it was something to behold, the amount of water that came down and was cascading down the stairs and rampways at Fenway, America's most beloved ballpark. Then in that sense, America's most wet ballpark that ended up postponing the Red Sox and Mets on that Friday night, moving that to Saturday, which was a bit wonky. Typically when games don't go past the fifth inning uh, and it gets rained out, what ends up happening is that they scratch and start things over. If you remember in 2018, there was an instance where the Red Sox had Mookie Betts, if you remember that name. Uh, Decent player. Decent player. Andrew Benatendi. Decent player at the time. Now doing absolutely nothing for the White Sox. But they had a couple home runs in a game that got rained out, and it was before the fifth inning, and they had to wash that whole thing. So I'm not sure if there was a rule change. That's uh, something I wasn't expecting, but... That game gets pushed to Saturday, which was an absolutely beautiful day. If you were out on the beach and didn't have your radio with you, get the get the Odyssey app. That's the first solution. And then you can pop on the Red Sox and listen to Will Fleming and Joe Castiglione wax poetically about the 2023 Red Sox from the beach. They end up dropping that resumed game Saturday afternoon, 4-5 to five to the Mets. They move on to Saturday night, which ended up being the Oppenheimer of the weekend. That's right. The bomb show. Tristan Cassis shows up two home runs off of Max Scherzer, something that a rookie has not done against Max Scherzer quite literally ever. He's never given up two home runs to a rookie in a game. But that's just the month of July that Tristan Cassis has been having. I know that 
he started off cold and all the olds in Red Sox land, they started hating on him. He was painting his fingernails. He was what he calls earthing, grounding, where he's just out doing yoga before games and reinventing what yoga actually is and stretching. And it is odd. It is something that you don't see and it's unorthodox and it might scare you, especially when he's not producing. But guess what? In the month of July, Tristan Cassis has been absolutely going off. He's batting 348 with 16 hits over 15 games. Six, five of those 16 hits are home runs, two of which, like I just said, coming off of Max Scherzer in Saturday night's matchup. The Red Sox go on to win that, but it took a little bit of effort. Things got shaky towards the end. Kenley Jansen gets it done. Gets it done. Your one lone all-star who still questioning why he was your one lone all-star and not guys like Jaron Duran or Masataki Oshida. But the Red Sox get things done, like I said. And that's all that matters because the Red Sox now sit nine game or nine days out, seven games out of August 1st, that trade deadline. And you're not too sure what's really going on. I mean, they they dropped that series against Oakland Athletics, a team that they should be. And this has been the narrative all year. And Andy and I talked about this last week. This was Groundhog Day. We just keep repeating ourselves, but that's what this is. The Red Sox are beating teams that they kind of have to play up to. I know the Mets aren't a team that has been excelling this year. They aren't the Braves of their division. They aren't even the Phillies of their division. They aren't even the Miami Marlins of their division, which is crazy to say the Marlins taking off, doing that whole we're not going to spend, but we're going to absolutely compete our butts off like the Orioles are doing. That's that's kind of where baseball is. It's it's about developing. It's about looking for those diamonds in the rough that Heimbloom loves to look for. And this is that this is diamond season for for Heimbloom. He he's on the clock. It's time to do something. A report came out this past weekend that the Red Sox are looking for a starter. To that, I have to say, uh, you think like that? That's a bombshell report. Thanks a lot for that. But that that is what they have to go out to. I mean, we're now doing two out of five days in a five-day starting rotation of openers, which it's it's sustainable. Like The Mets are kind of able to do that, but two days out of what should be a traditional five-day rotation, it that's just not something pretty. That's not something that playoff teams do. You can possibly punch a ticket to the playoffs doing that, but if you seriously think that you are going to run that whole gamut in the playoffs, I mean... It, you can't do that. It, it's not a manageable thing. The Red Sox need to tie down a starter. Corey Kluber was up in Portland on Friday night, and he was bad. He wasn't excelling like the other guy t- getting his rehab start up there at that time. Trevor Story, who uh, had himself a nice triple to start the game off, was brought in by Marcelo Meyer. The future is starting to look like the present, and then capped things off with a nice home run later that day so Trevor Story looking good he's going to be having a rehab start I believe on Tuesday in Worcester so if you're out uh central western mass you can't always make it out to Fenway Park go to Polar Park Polar Park is an absolute treat you get to watch some pretty decent baseball and you get to take in a nice park and now you get to see some great guys up there John Schreiber I believe will also be having a rehab assignment in Worcester on Tuesday it possibly might be his last one or else he'll be joining the team 
But we've got one more game to talk about from this Mets series from the weekend, and that was Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, I didn't tune into the ESPN broadcast. I just straight up avoid Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Anytime that the Red Sox are on that, I, I'm a company man. I'll tune into the WEEI broadcast with Joe Castiglione talking about Shaw's and Star Market with Will Fleming, who gave in. I, if you back to back to game two, backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. Uh, game two call by Will Fleming. My word. Great job on that Cassis home run. Absolutely incredible. Uh, but in game three of this Mets series, the Red Sox absolutely thrashed the Mets. Uh, Buck Walter had to be thinking he just wants to get out of Fenway Park as fast as possible. The umpire is not helping him out at all. The Red Sox went six to one. And in total, the Red Sox run differential six runs. They outscored the Mets 18 to 12 in the entire series. They had themselves six home runs. Cassis, I'm, I'm going to keep beating the Cassis drum. You guys are going to get annoyed by it. I'm going to be painting my fingers black just like he does by the end of this episode. But he had a third of this weekend's home runs. And that's just that's something that you have to point out. And I know that he he's not going to be the he's not going to be rookie of the year. I The way that people talk about him, the way that Red Sox Twitter talks about him, it annoys me sometimes like he's he's a great player. He's turned it around this past year. Uh, it, but he's not the Red Sox rookie of the year. That's Masataki Yoshida. Quiet this past series, didn't do a whole lot, but you can't be too upset with that. I mean, for the entire year so far, he's batting 315, 11 home runs, 51 RBIs, and I would say vastly outproducing that contract that other rival executives had said fleeced the Red Sox. But right now, he is your leading outfielder, and the outfield not something you have to touch. I, I mean, it would be great to get a a left-handed power bat. I mean, right now they really don't have, they have Devers, but aside from him, you really have no one in that lineup that can really like wow you uh, as far as the long ball. I mean, the Red Sox, they they lead in hits and I believe they're still second in the division or in the league uh, in batting and, Something nice here from Joe Wheel. Let me pull that up real quick. Joe Wheel tweets out that the Red Sox have the best OPS in baseball at 859 for the month of July and have five qualified hitters in the top 25 for the entire MLB for the category of on-base plus slugging. Duran ranks third. Again, I mean, like this is this is another young buck who he's not technically a rookie anymore. I mean, he is in that weird, like he was, he came up last year. He was a rookie last year, still kind of that young pup rookie, um, but he's not taking over Yoshida. Uh, fourth in that list is Tristan Cassis. He's got a 1227. Devers is seventh, 1190, coming way up from where he was at the beginning of the year, where he was, he was hitting home runs, but he wasn't getting on base. So that's affecting that OPS. Justin Turner, old man JT, 19th in the MLB with a 1028 OPS. And then we have Yoshida with a 927 coming in at 24th. Joe notes at the very bottom of this, no other team has more than two players on that list. Currently the Red Sox have five. I, what they're doing right now is incredible. And it's showing that all their chips have to be put into that. We need a starter um, for Heim Bloom. I mean, yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, but other other things starting to come up as the deadline comes up. Once again, August 4th at 4 p.m. will be that deadline 
that's a week out from tomorrow. They'll be in Seattle at that time. And that's that's the issue. I, I talked about it with Andy last week where Chicago, Oakland, and even the Mets, those were all series where you had to win. They took two of those three series, but you would have liked to have seen some sweeps. I like you, Beggars can't be choosers in this situation, especially with what the Red Sox are doing this year. But you need to see more production to really say at this deadline, we want to go all in because now they're going to be going up against some pretty tough teams. They, they're playing the Giants out in the NL West. That is an absolute wagon, just like the AL East is with the Dodgers and the Arizona. Yes, the Arizona Diamondbacks, like we've been saying, these, these low-paying teams actually performing because they're looking for those small little details and players, those diamonds in the rough that Bloom likes. And they're really going to have to stand the test. Seattle, not really a powerhouse this year, but they're in that AL wildcard hunt. So you do have to kind of prove something to them. And that's going to be on that last day of the deadline. And you have to figure things out. I mean, if they want to really prove themselves, they need to show up against the Braves. They need to take at least one of those games and really show the rest of the league that like, hey, we're serious about contending. We're not in that wild card three spot, but we have every goddamn right to be there. And maybe they're able to force it. Maybe they're not. But I just don't want to see the Red Sox in the position that they were last year where they were hedging their bets. They were saying, hey, this is a team that can somewhat produce. However, we don't want to go all in. Like Xander Bogarts is here. He's someone that can help us in the playoffs. But we're still kind of unsure if, if we're going to make the playoffs or we're not going to make moves that, you know, sell off the future. Because if you've listened, if you've followed to anything that I do on the socials or on the Odyssey channels, I've said that this is the Mid-Sox. This is a year that they develop. If they can make a playoff run, that's awesome. However, you don't want to overextend yourself. You're not going to be trading off assets that can help you in 2025 if that is the year that you're looking at Marcelo Meyer coming up, Sedane Raffaella being up here, some of these highly touted prospects finally coming up, finally being on this team. And yeah, they're all going to be young pups and they might not be able to compete, but this is when you're actually going to be looking like a like a Baltimore Oriole. I mean, like it took the Orioles way too long to do what the Red Sox are doing, but the Red Sox, that that is why they are the Red Sox. This is what everyone complains about. You are the Red Sox, you're able to do things financially that other teams aren't able to do when you're developing or you know bridging gaps and this is what now happens this is the payoff 2025 or 2024 i apologize will be that payoff of guys coming up and finally showing you what this whole waiting process has been with that in mind that's the question that is the gamble do you want to compete and sacrifice some of those assets to bring in really high caliber caliber starting pitchers listen like Dylan Cease is out there. He's not He's not going to be cheap. Blake Snell is out there. The Padres aren't really doing anything, and they need to decide whether they need to, you know, blank or get off the pot. And they have starting pitchers to deal. But it, it that's the thing is, Bloom goes for the diamonds in the rough, and you're not going to expect him to be going for those highly touted players. And it... And don't give me the Shohei Otani thing. Otani's not going... A, he's probably not going anywhere. And if he is, he's not coming to the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox aren't giving up enough for him to be here just for him to walk away 
in the offseason. He's a free agent. He's going to go after whoever's giving him money. And he's never really outright said, as much as it kills me, he's never outright said he wants to be in Boston or that he really wants to be on the East Coast. He's a West Coast guy. He said that when he originally came to the U.S. to play in the MLB. So don't expect that. You know, hope hope in one hand, spit in the other, see which one fills up first. That's the Shohei Otani experience for Boston right now. But it's what are the Red Sox going to do? It's who are they going to bring in? There, There's some quality pitchers out there. We'll see what they do. But for right now, they are trending in the right direction. It's just a matter of bringing in the right name while also dumping off, you know, guys that aren't going to really disable this team. I mean, Adam Duvall, as hot as he was going into the season, they now have to look at, is he someone that we can give up on and like ship out? Or are we going to try and keep him in here, see if we can get that one more year out of him next year and have him compete? There's guys like Kike Hernandez, who over the weekend has been rumored to be connected to the Dodgers. And if you want to listen to Carl Ravitch and compare him to uh, Fred McGriff, that was an interesting dynamic or an interesting spot of the ESPN broadcast last night, which was completely inaccurate. And I think they were just kind of holding water um, for Kike Hernandez, which good, good on them, but dude does not deserve it. Um, There's rumors that the Dodgers want to buy him back and that's completely fine. He's someone that brings absolutely zero value to the lineup right now, zero value to that clubhouse. Uh, And I think moving forward, I mean, as someone that, you know, gets the privilege of being down on the field and, you know, interacting with some of the players, the vibes are a lot better than they were pre all-star break. You feel, you feel it when they go out to take BP, the guys are actually interacting. Guys are actually goofing. Guys are actually treating it like it's, you know, a baseball game. It's not so much of a somber experience when you're there early. I mean, pre all-star break guys would go in and they would leave. They, They were performing it like it was a job. It was something that, you know, the 2018, the 2013, the 2004 guys, 2007 was a well-oiled machine. I would love to toss them in that camp, but I mean, like they were, that was business for them. They were there to win a world series. Um, but the, the, the vibes are high. I like, I hate that. Like, that's not a barometer. You can't throw vibes into a metric, but you can really tell how a clubhouse is doing. It feels a lot different than where it was pre all-star break. And I think adding the right guy while also subtracting the right guy that can put them in the right headspace to be com- competitors. I mean, that's what you're going to need as you're coming down the stretch. They have a really challenging schedule after this trade trade deadline with a majority of their games being against AL East opponents, which we've been saying it all season. The AL East is an absolute wagon. It is the most difficult division. And now you're going to have to run the gauntlet of playing all of them and seeing, you know, the Rays, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, which are still they're they're trying to figure things out, and the Yankees, which I mean, the Yankees are going to be your easiest games. They, they should be able to steal those, but they're still the Yankees. It's still a team where you're going to have to compete your butt off in order to grab a win. And this is when they're going to need all the help they can. So it'll be interesting to see what Heim Bloom does over the next week. I think there will there will be some moving pieces. Brian Bayo is going to be coming back onto the roster from paternity leave. That means someone's getting dropped down, like Lee Garza, who was an absolute bum Saturday night. Um, But there are going to be some other pieces that have to move. John Schreiber coming back onto the roster. What are you going to do with guys that are in the bullpen or guys that are currently platooning? 
uh, who's going to be most likely to drop. Krishna Royal went to the IL. Is that preparing him to, you know, being shipped off? Who knows? What you will know is that if you tune in tomorrow, you tune in Wednesday, you tune in Thursday, you tune in Friday, you will hear some headlines coming out of Boston, whether that's with the Red Sox, the Celtics, the Patriots, likely the Patriots this week, whole lot of Patriots this week, or the Bruins. It's going to be breaking Boston, bringing it to you. So go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen. But most importantly, listen on the Odyssey app. Come on. You can get everything good on there. You can get some good radio. You want to listen to some tunes, whether you like country, a little bit of pop, a little bit of rock, maybe some alternative rock. Hey, Cage the Elephant might be playing somewhere. I'm going to be tuning into that. Or maybe you want some sports talk. WEI, Gresham Fourier, Midday. You can check out what we're doing. I'm working on that show with them. We're doing some fun stuff, 10 to 2. So tune into that. Or you can listen to this podcast on that wonderful app. There's so many things you can do. So that's why you got to download it. That's why you got to subscribe to Breaking Boston. And that's why, you know, you got to check me out as well on Twitter, on Instagram, at Coop underscore Leon. It has been a pleasure being at the helm and talking some socks for you and with you. We'll see you tomorrow.